Hello, hello, hello. My name is Admiral Candy, and welcome to the AP. Now, honestly, I'm just trying something new out. Not really like I've ever dabbled in the podcast, you know, uh, space. But honestly, I'm going to go after it because I was inspired by the one and only Ken Kuchin. And basically, he just he went on Spotify, and it's, it's a great podcast. You guys should check it out. It's called Not an NBA Podcast, where basically he just sits in a room with no video, just a simple audio track. He just rambles on about the NBA and different things about the culture and, you know, the, the markets and the different types of contracts and stuff like that. And this will, this is going to be more of like a macro scale of all sports because I'm a huge fan of both of all football, soccer, and basketball. But, you know, I also dabble with other subjects, such as, you know, college, as I'm a rising senior at BRHS, and, you know, it's a very stressful time. So I'm just trying to make this like uh, as relatable as possible, you know, just relatable content that anyone can listen to. So the first thing I want to talk about is the news that broke this morning. And it's that Signal Barkley is returning back to the Big Apple on a one-year, $11 million deal. Now, this has been all over Twitter now. And I know Austin Eckler set up was even a Zoom meeting for the running backs to meet. But man, oh man, this running back market is dying. And honestly, I understand it from UTM's perspective. Because running backs are honestly kind of dispensable. Even if they're... I, w- I would say if they're not Christian McCaffrey or whoever you want to say, like Derrick Henry or maybe one other person, they don't, they obviously deserve a second contract. But when you look at the blueprint of success, the teams like the Chiefs, the Bucks, all these teams that have been making it to like the, the, the latter part of the season, what they all have in common is either inexpensive running back or an inexpensive quarterback. What I mean by this is an inexpensive quarterback just means that they're quarterback on a rookie deal. That's why you see that like the Eagles can build such a great roster around Jalen Hurts. So let's talk about this running back market. It's just tough for people like Saquon Barkley. Due to his injury pass, you know, like he's able to prove that he is worthy of getting this contract. But say, God forbid, he tears his ACL or something, right? I mean, then he's just going to be on a constant cycle of recovering and getting that another one-year contract. And it's just like these people won't get their second contract. And it's just so hard because the running back is honestly becoming a dispensable position. Now, if I was a GM, I would also choose to secure my left and right tackle before I have to running back and that's just reality because there's just more important positions and there's more people to play the running back spot than having a premier left or right tackle so let's talk about how maybe the nfl can maybe solve this problem and honestly the running back's hands are tied right now i think you chump said that as well it's like i don't really know what they can do because in order to bring value back to the running back spot you almost have to change the way that the game is played now because we are obviously going to be in, in the modern era, we would say that we're going away from the run game and going more to like this 
option in just a passing game overall, and that's why all these teams are attracted by the thing that they can build upon. And honestly, there's going to have to be not only a mindset shift, but just an overall cultural shift of how important this running back position is. And this is going to have to start with the durability of the running back. Because oftentimes we see that, well, obviously football is a violent sport, especially for the running backs. You have linebackers with 250 pounds looking to just annihilate you, right? So that's why they're, they get constant injuries. And it's, it's hard to stay in the league as a running back. And this is honestly just a sad truth, you know, because all these people are professional athletes that, all in all, they deserve to get a second contract, especially if you're top 10 at your position. There's only 32 starting running backs. You know, it's just, it's pretty unfair. All right, let's move on to our next topic about whoop-de-whoop-de-whoop, the commander's sale. Dan Snyder is getting the fuck out. Josh Harris, Mitchell Rails, and Magic Johnson uh, in big. Now, this is very near and dear to my heart as I am born and raised as a Washington Commanders fan. You know, I, honestly, the name might change as well. I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, we've already been through so many names. I think continue it like continuation of just the commanders like it's not a great name but honestly when you look around the league none of the names are honestly that good like really like the browns like i understand the historical context to it and the steelers but honestly commanders isn't a horrible name and if you just stick with it people will just get used to it and stop killing it but anyway that was a tangent Dan Snyder is out. Let's let, let's talk about this Dan Snyder era. I mean, horrible. It was hard for me to find reasons to stay on this team. And obviously, I still do because I'm a diehard fan. Every Sunday, I mean, I'm at 1 o'clock because we never get primetime games. I am there, ready, locked and loaded, thinking to myself that we'll win. But Dan Snyder was just a bad person. I mean, all this investigation, money laundering, I, it's all this different type of stuff that allegedly he had done. But just the way that he handled this organization. I mean, let's just talk about Sean Taylor first. Obviously, everyone respects and loves Sean Taylor. And he botched twice. He botched two, two full events of Sean Taylor's. I mean, it's just... Embarrassing at some point. You know, another thing that comes with the commander sale is just like, right now, we're in like a, a period of mediocrity, right? Where we're not able to be bad enough to get that game changing talent like a Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow type, you know, that'll change your organization. And we're not good enough to be in the upper, upper echelon of even the playoff teams, such as the Cowboys, you know, even though they don't only go far in the playoffs every year, or they will go far in the playoffs again, for the Cowboy fans, but like, we're just in the middle, you know, like the 7 and 9 teams, the 8 and 8 teams, and it's just like, you need to break that cycle, and that's either by finding, finding your franchise QB, or dedicating one year to tanking, and now obviously Ron Rivera isn't going to do that, right, because 
I think he's on the hot seat. And it's pretty apparent that he's on the hot seat. Especially after hiring Eric Bieniemy as an OC. If this can become very replaceable to just fire Ron and then give um, Eric Bieniemy the reins to the whole entire organization. Now, this seems like the best idea because Ron has just shown time and time again that like he is not able to win when it matters the most. I mean, you go back to last year, benching Heineke has to be one of the worst ego calls in history. Because I understand that you traded a second-round pick for Carson Wentz. But man, if you were watching Carson Wentz last year, you know that that man cannot still play football. He was just bad. He was bad. He couldn't win games. He would get leads early, maybe 14-0 at halftime, and then wouldn't score again. It was just embarrassing football. And you wouldn't think that this would happen from a vet. I mean, he's a vet that is still throwing 80-20 balls to Cam Sims, and they're getting picked off. I mean, I don't know what they expected, but Ron Rivera benching Heineke in that game is the reason why we didn't make the playoffs. We could be in the playoffs right now. We could have at least had a shot. Man, losing Heineke this offseason, what a story he is. Because, you know, he uh, originally came to Washington as a COVID reserve QB. And then he just turned it up during that Panthers and then Bucks game. I mean... It was honestly like not even that Heineke himself was that good, but Washington just has never had that like improviser QB in so long. It was so fun to just see a person running around back there. And honestly, he I think he's the best quarterback since Kirk Cousins. And you know, the stats could tell you otherwise that oh, Alex did this, Alex did that. Alex did win games, but it was just a boring brand of football. Now, me as a diehard fan, I'm all for it if we're winning games because I understand. But to the average viewer, Dan Snyder should be like trying to get viewership up. And when the sale originally happened, I don't think there's a single person as you go and Dan Snyder going out this door because he ran this organization so poorly. That even if it was my mom running this organization, there would be an improvement. Alright, my next topic, I want to move on to this. <laughs> Literally what I have written down in my notes is bad to oil money or cocaine. And honestly, that is it's a fact. I mean, we're talking a $1.1 billion annual offer for Mbappe from Al-Halal to PSG. I mean, this is just the great. This this blows any like current sports contract out of the water. And if I'm Mbappe, I'm looking at this contract, and this is not only generational wealth. This is wealth that can literally like put you in one of like the top thirty earners in the world. I mean, if you think about playing in Saudi for one year. Gains you $777 billion. I mean, this is just, it's too much money. I mean, this guy could become, like, instantly within a year. 
he's already richer than a lot of entrepreneurs. And he's already on that stage where he could not obviously become on that Elon Musk level, but he can be put under like, you know, like a tier below that. He's still a billionaire. And he obviously would become a billionaire. And what, Mbappe is what, 23, 24 years old? He's still a young guy, but in one year in that Saudi league, it's just, man, like, I I don't see how you look at that offer. And I'm like, how, how are you not going to accept this? This sets you up, this sets your family up, this sets their family up, this sets, you know, their toilets up, this sets their names up. I mean, this literally, like, this puts your granddaughters, 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 kids through an Ivy League school. I mean, it's just, it's crazy, man. And honestly, I what I what I see happening is Mbappe is gonna sign the contract. He'll take one for the team as himself. He'll get that bread for one year, and then he'll come home to Real Madrid. Awesome. Which will happen. It honestly scares me because right now, Real, they just don't have a bona fide striker. You know, after Ben's also left in the Saudi League, it's like, who are we really going to be playing up there? I mean, we obviously have our solidified wingers in Rodrigo and Vinny, but it's, I mean, are we going to have a Turkish Cadet striker? Or, you know, is Jude going to maybe play Cam or? CF, I mean, it's just, it's, it's quite the task for Ancelotti to figure out. Alright, well, you know, the first episode isn't always going to be too long. It's my first time actually just talking to the mic, and I'm just going to try and work on public speaking, my little, uh, you know, stuff. And I'll see you all next time.